We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Vince D'Addario. That's Brian Driscoll. And we are here basically for part two of our Notre Dame year in review. We did offense on Tuesday. It is now time to turn the proverbial page to defense. And, uh, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, uh, all of it. We're going to talk about all of it with the defensive side of the football today. And then we'll uh, we'll clean it up with a mailbag at the end. So lots of good defensive talk today, Brian. And uh, how are you doing today? I know you uh, you missed yesterday. Are we ready to go today? Can't kick this cough, man. Yeah. I just yeah, and it, it 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 was really kicking my butt, especially yesterday. But yeah. I'm here today, and I figured if I'm going to either miss yesterday or I'm going to have to miss today because my voice was pretty much shot. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I got to make sure I'm on for tomorrow in the mailbag Boom. so i'm ready to rock and roll boom yes today we've got defense tomorrow we're gonna have a friday free for all mailbag we're going old school with it and uh frankly i'm excited about it so uh and then we've got uh ib nation sports talk tonight as well and then we're bringing back ib nation sports talk friday fire uh at five o'clock on fridays as well so that that is back now that the season is over we're gonna be doing our friday fire shows as well so uh, stay tuned for all of that fun. Just so you know, you're probably going to be late to that show since we're doing a mailbag tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's a free for all mailbag. <laughs> He's going to have to wait uh, and get started a little bit later. Yeah, but, it yeah. is what it is. So, uh, but anyway, today is the defense, Brian. And, uh, you know, I would say the defense is, it, it, it's the funniest thing for me personally, because last year at this time, uh, you know, I felt like we were warding off the uh, the people that wanted all these defensive coaches fired. You know yeah. what I mean? Al Golden right. needed to be fired. Al Washington needed to right. be fired. And there and look, I understood where fans were coming from. To there, a degree. there were reasons to be yes. critical of the job they did, even though that some took it too far. Yeah, correct. With you know, you know what I mean. Like there was reasons to be critical of the job Al Washington did in year one. There's sure. reasons to be critical of some of the things we saw from Al Golden in year one. But this is year one. <laughs> Correct. And that's and- part of the growing process. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And year two proved to be uh, better than year one, uh, pretty much across you the think? board. Um, you think? And, well, and here's the thing, We're though. just setting the standard pretty low today, huh? I, like, we're setting like, I know. We're being, like, calm, significantly well, better in year two. Well, and, and here's the thing. For me, the defense wasn't bad last year. It, it wasn't bad. Like, I believe they were top 20 or top 15 in scoring defense last year and and, i mean there were some good things from this defense last year yeah and they took a leap forward yeah across the board and i think that's the that's the topic for me is that they were a good defense they became close to a great defense no they were a great defense okay yeah i mean look when you when you rank in in the top five to ten in that many categories you're an elite defense okay you know and and you know, they, I thought they played well in, in most of the big games. I mean, they did a great job against Ohio State for the most part. And 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 we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, like, you just look – I mean, just look at the numbers. I mean, the, the numbers don't lie, Vince. And, and, and it wasn't like something that they did because they dominated the bad teams and then gave up a bunch of yards to good teams. Right. And that's not how this season went. And when you look, when you look at this defense, they never gave up 400 yards of offense this season. The most yards they gave up in a game was 366. That's the most yards they gave up in a game this year. That was to Ohio State. And a big chunk of that came on the last drive of the game. Right. You know, so you're talking about a team that never allowed more than 366 yards of offense in a game. You're talking about a team that improved in just about every statistical category, team category, or not all, but most. Some they took yeah. a step back in a very surprising fashion. You know, but when you look at like the, the main statistics, I mean, let's just look at who this defense was this year, Vince, and 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 just break it down and and talk about you know what what made them so good and and why this defense was so effective and and so effective and, and so consistently, in my opinion. And I think that's that's a big part of this is it's it's one thing to be good, it's another thing to be consistently good, and that's what I felt this defense was. I mean, let's let's talk about scoring defense this year. Notre Dame finished the season ranked seventh in scoring defense, sixth amongst Power Five teams. They were point oh two, excuse me, point oh three points behind uh, Georgia, who was next in line. The four teams above them were all Big Ten teams, which, as I discussed the other day, that's because the Big Ten sucks. Offenses in the Big Ten are freaking terrible. They're terrible. Which is why you have four the top four scoring defenses in college football are Big Ten teams. The number 13 team is also a Big Ten team. The number 21 team is also a Big Ten team. So six of your top 21 scoring defenses were from the Big Ten. Why? Because their offenses sucked. And so they the numbers were inflated a little bit because of that. You know, but Notre Dame was a, a good scoring defense the year before. Uh, in 2022, they ranked 39th. Uh, but if you remember, recall, their numbers were inflated. They gave up like four pick sixes that season. They gave up about 21 and a half points per game just defensively, and they improved that to 15.9 this year. And, and again, as I said, ranked seventh in college football. Total defense this season, Notre Dame ranked fifth. They only gave up 276.3 yards per game. Wow. That is a really impressive number. 
And, you know, like I'm, I'm, that's just an, a great number. I mean, think about how good the 2012 defense was. The 2012 defense gave up 305.5 yards per game and 4.78 yards per play. The 2013 defense gave up 276.3 yards per game and 4.4 yards per play. And the yards per play matters to me, Vince, because you could kind of look at it and say, hey, you know, if you, you know, the, the thought process is fewer plays this year because of the clock rules. And so you say, well, yeah, you know, they, they, they did a better job because they, they ran fewer plays. plays. Yeah. And that's not really how the season played out. I mean, you, you go back and look again, start with 2012, and they gave up 4.8 yards per play. And, and then you look at 2013, 5.1. We'll just ignore the Van Gorder years because they were terrible in all of those years in yards per play. 2017 under Mike uh, Elko, 5.1 yards per play. 2018 was a playoff team. They went for 4.7 yards per play. 2019 was 4.7 yards per play. 2020 was a playoff team, 5.6 yards per play. 2021, 5.3 yards per play. 2022, 5.2 yards per play. And they dropped all the way down to 4.4 this year. In, in yards yards allowed per play. They only allowed three opponents all year to go above five yards per play in a game. Most of the last decade, they did that over the course of a season average. This year, they only had three of their 13 opponents went for over five yards of play. And it was Pitt, which got a lot of it off the second team defense. Let's be honest. They hit like two big passing plays, and they were 5.00. Louisville went for 5.16 and Ohio State went for 5.63 because they gave up that 60-yard touchdown run. That's it. Everybody else was sub five. And and uh, there just was a level of consistency with the defense this year, Vince, that was really, really impressive. Uh, but fifth in total defense this season, they ranked fifth in yards per play allowed. Literally every team ahead of them was a Big Ten team. That was a big jump from last year. Pass defense, they were pretty good in pass defense last season. They ranked right. 23rd last year. This year they ranked third in fewest yards allowed per game. Uh, they ranked second in lowest completion percentage allowed. They ranked third in fewest yards allowed per attempt. They ranked number one in passer rating above all those terrible Big Ten teams. Last year they gave up 20 touchdown passes and, and, and intercepted 10 passes. This season Notre Dame only allowed eight touchdown passes the whole year and picked off 16. So last year they had double the touchdown passes to interceptions, 20 to 10. This year they had double the interceptions to, to touchdowns, 8 to 16. They doubled their passes defensed or pass breakups from last season. Uh, they had 20 – I mean, let me just look this up to make sure. I believe it was 24 last season. Yes, correct. 24 passes defense last season. They had 48 this year. You know, so so you you just look at every met, rush defense got a lot better this year. Vince last year, the rush defense uh, for Notre Dame ranked thirty seventh in yards allowed per game at one thirty one point three. They ranked fifty second in yards allowed per rush uh, last season at three point nine two. This season, the rush defense improved quite a bit. They jumped up to twenty eighth in rush defense. And then uh, also improved to 24th in yards allowed per attempt. Now, the the one caveat there with the rush defense is they were at about like 128 to 129, somewhere around there, uh, before the bowl game. And then they held Oregon State to who was missing three linemen at two yards. Two yards. Yeah. So that, that you know that that kind of skews it a little bit, uh, but still it was it was improved. It was improved yeah. from last season. Uh, third down defense was another one where you saw a big jump. For Notre Dame this year, they ranked 30th this year, which was not great, but definitely improved. They were 49th a season ago uh, in third down defense. And they also got better on third down as the year went on, Vince. I mean, they they that was a weakness for them for a good chunk of the year. Oh, yeah. And it got better and better. I mean, they, they give up over 40% in, let's see, one, two, three, four games in their first eight games of the season. Half the games were over 40%. And then they had another one at 38.5. In the last five games, 9.1, 33.3, 38.5, 31.3, and 11.1. So they were sub-40 in each of those games. 
So they finished again on a strong note and not just in a bowl game. And then, you know, the, one of the, the biggest changes I've, I've ever seen, I've never seen a defense go from one of the worst in all of the, the of football in a statistical category right. to literally one of the best. They were the worst. In, last yes. Year. I mean, right. it was their, their red zone defense last year, Vince. Uh, they were they ranked 130th out of 100 out of 131 teams in total red zone defense, and they ranked dead last in touchdown defense. They gave up 27 touchdowns on 34 red zone attempts last season. Then you jump to this year, and Notre Dame was third nationally in red zone defense total defense, and third in red zone touchdown defense. Last year, 27 touchdowns on 32 attempts. This year, 14 touchdowns on 34 attempts. Same to completely, amount of attempts. just like two more, actually. Oh, that's right, okay. This year. I thought you said 34, okay. Yeah, no, 34 this year, 32 last 32. year. 32, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and two more this year, and they gave up 13 less touchdowns and, and, and improved overall in a lot of different areas. That was a humongous change. Like, it's, 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 it's hard to go, to go from that bad to that good yeah. in one season with a lot of the same personnel, by the way. Yes, I mean coaching wise, player wise, and yeah. the same number of attempts. It, it, like you could look at last year and be like, "Hey, they they had small number of attempts in the red zone. They didn't let a lot of red zone hap- trips happen. Sure. They had that one or two bad games that kind of padded the no-, no. They were bad in the red zone all year, <laughs> all year long. You gave up twenty seven touchdowns on thirty two attempts, and then." take it to this year and you give up 14 touchdowns on 34 attempts. And at least, I mean, I'm, I'm there's a couple times I, I can just off the top of my head, Vince, remember them getting the ball in the red zone, like starting drives with the opponent having the ball in the red zone. And, you know, I mean, it, it, look, it was a big part of the Ohio State game. Yeah. You know, Ohio State got to the red zone four times, only scored twice because they had a big goal line stand. And then, of course, um, you know, only scored one touchdown. They were two of four against Duke, one of three against Louisville, one of two, one of two against USC. I mean, they were they were stout in the red zone all season, and yeah, huge difference. That just, I mean, that, they set their minds to getting better, and they got a ton better. Well, and that was a that was clearly a point of emphasis. I know because we heard the coaches talking about that. In the offseason, I mean, the red, red zone defense was a point of emphasis for Al Golden and his staff. And it's very clear and obvious that it was a point of emphasis. And they coached it up. They And, and the players played better, too. Don't, right. don't get me wrong. Because remember last year, what was so frustrating is between the 20s, Notre Dame was a pretty really stinking good. good defense last year. Oh. And then they just fell apart in the red zone. Yeah. And then this year, they continued to be stout between the 20s. But then they picked it up in the red zone when you know it became important, obviously. Right. So, uh, well, big and, and, there. and did it without sacrificing other areas, right? Like that's the thing is like they they didn't just improve in that area; they improved everywhere. Because like sometimes you say, "Hey, we're going to get better at the red zone," but we focus so much on this area where Something we were else bad fell off. Yeah. that we we were not as good on third down or right. we give up a lot more red zone trips because we're not as good in the run game or whatever the case may be. And, and a lot of it was coaching last year. I mean, we would talk about this. It's like, what's your plan in the red zone? Like, what exactly are you trying to accomplish in the red zone? It was hard to understand sometimes what yeah. they did. And this year there was a very clear plan and they stayed true to who they are. That's a big part of it. They didn't go sure. away from, you know, hey, we're going to be a di- different defense in the red zone. No, we're going to be true to who we are. And if anything, take adva- more advantage of who we are in the red zone by being more aggressive with our coverages in the red zone, which then freed up resources to be more effective stopping the run in the red zone, which was a big part of it. I mean, they were better in the run game in the red zone. That was a big key to their success this season in the red sure. zone. So, I mean, hats off to, to Al Washington, Al- Chris O'Leary, uh, Mike Mickens, Max Bulla, and, of course, Al Golden. For the right. job they did on defense this year, because like you said, Vince, now they were they benefited from the fact that they did have just about everybody back. Sure, but the guys they lost were good football players. I mean, uh, Isaiah Foskey was a second round draft pick. Jason Adamiola was a multi year starter. Justin Adamiola was a very productive player. I mean, they they didn't lose. I mean, they, they lost some pretty good players. Sure, from from you know lose uh, Chris Smith, who was a really nice pickup. Tariq Bracy was a big loss at the nickel position. 
So there were some key losses off of last year's defense too, but they did bring back a lot of experience this season, and now Golden took full advantage of that. Yeah, no doubt no about doubt. it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and you could see these guys thriving under the program for a second season for you know under this scheme for a second season because it led to less thinking more reacting and which then turned into more explosive defensive plays I mean they were more explosive this year defensively than they were the year before I mean I I don't they weren't like a bend but don't break team last year but this year they made plays I don't I don't I don't know if there's a metric that that really you know bears that out but like I, I felt like last year there were a lot of plays left on the table. Oh, uh, sure. De- defensively, that they just didn't make. They were in the backfield, but they weren't making those plays. This year, it felt like they made those plays. They yeah. they made those explosive plays in the backfield and and you know on key downs. What's funny, made, yeah, Vince, is that they did the what they did what they did this year, despite being worse when it comes to tackles for loss and sacks than they were last year. Like, that's the wild thing. But they did it in clutch moments. They made those plays, to your point. But they had 10 fewer tackles for loss this year than they had last year. Like, over the course of the whole season. They had had 10 less tackles for loss. They had seven fewer sacks this season than they had last season. But, you know, we've talked about this before. You can't always determine effectiveness by sacks. So if you look at pro football focus, for example – they had Notre Dame last year on 845 plays. They had Notre Dame uh, last season. Actually, that's this year's number of plays. Last year on 868 plays. So more plays than defenses counted for this year. They had the defense down for having 225 pressures and then 84 sacks or hits and then 312 stops, which is like stuffs, you know, run game, pass game right. stuffs, right? Uh, which they define that as, let me just find it so people understand this statistic, defensive stops, tackles that that constitute a failure for the offense, right? So last year, 868 plays, 225 pressures, 84 of which were hits or sacks, and then 312 stops. This year, and, and, that, and then also uh, more turnovers this year, 10 interceptions is 16 this season uh, for the defense. You look at uh, force fumbles this season, Vince, they went from – uh, last year, they had uh, five fumble recoveries. This year, they had eight. So last year, they went from 15 turnovers to 24 turnovers. And then, as I as I talked about in the uh, the other category, uh, force fumbles, they went from um, eight last season to 18 this year. And then they went from 24 pass breakups to 48 pass breakups. Yeah. That was so a, that far, was a statistic we talked about going into the season. Yeah, how that had to get better, it had to be more disruptive yeah. on the football. Right. Yeah. Well, then you look at the stats. The, you know, so so you saw that jump. Well, a big part of that jump, uh, in my opinion, comes from being overall just more impactful. So on 845 plays, so that's 20 was it 21 fewer than last year. They had 266 total pressures, 88 hits or sacks in the quarterback. And then 332 stops. That's 20 more than last year. So 20 fewer plays. They had more pressures on the quarterback, more hits on the quarterback, and more stops yeah. this season. Twice as many passes defensed. Uh, was it uh, so eight, 10 to 16 interceptions? Eight to what was it? What did I say the fumble number was last five, season? Let five. me. That's five to eight this yep. year. So nine more turnovers twice as many passes defensed. That's how you go from being a team that that allowed actually a, a as good as the pass defense was the year before. One thing that was a little bit like, okay, they weren't great. They didn't force as many incompletions. They gave up a 58.7 completion rate last year. This year, it dropped all the way down to 52.4, which was second in all of college football. So it was just overall, Vince, a just far more disruptive defense, even though it was a defense that didn't get as much actual sacks uh, and and, and didn't quite get as many tackles for loss. In order to drop 50 yards off your yards per game and and to go from, what did I say, like 5.1 yards per play last season to 4.4, to do that, while getting 10 fewer tackles for loss 
and and uh, seven fewer sacks is a level of consistent dominance that that to me really stands out for this defense. I don't know if this is going to help my argument or our argument, uh, but what is the missed tackles from last year to this year in comparison? That's a good one. It's a good question. So last season, uh, missed tackle numbers from Pro Football Focus, they had 99. And this season, uh, they had 108. So more missed tackles. That's actually shocking to me. Like I said, I didn't know if that stat was going to help us. But here's the thing I'll say why I'm actually not. Okay. I'm I'm actually, I think your point is still valid. Because last year, there was a lot of one guy missing tackles. Okay. And it was usually in space. Yes. They had some issues early this season tackling, in my opinion. Like early in the year, they had some issues. But a lot of the missed tackles this year were behind the line. It would be Riley Mills and then Howard Cross or Howard Cross missing a guy. And then the guy steps away and then he's getting hit by Javante Jean-Baptiste. And that counts or he's like getting two tackled near the line. Right. Yeah. Because they more were guys disruptive the misses. Yeah. And, yeah. and so like they were a guy would throw a ball away. You know, right. There were more things along those lines that you saw from them this year, because even though the numbers were higher and, and again, that's. You know, it's a little bit debatable, but the numbers are comparable, but they were they were fewer of the open field missed tackles. Now, there were some big ones. I mean, you think of the Xavier Watts one against Ohio State. You think of D.J. Brown against Louisville. There were still those moments, but a lot of the missed tackles this year were were not as noticeable because they were a guy would make a guy miss and then immediately get drilled by J.D. Bertrand or Xavier Watts or you know what I mean? Like it was just. There was much more of a swarming nature to the defense sure. this year. Yes, and sometimes absolutely. when that happens, you're going to have missed tackles. But because hey, I'm I'm the pursuit guy. I got to funnel this thing back inside, and then somebody's going to be there to clean it up. And and so that that's it was it was a different type of thing this season. Makes than sense. It was last season. Yes, and the, the and swarming the swarming factor of this defense this year was so much better. I felt than last year. Yeah. I mean, there were just so many hats on the ball. Uh, more often than not this year compared yeah. to last year, because you're right. There was a lot of one-on-one missed opportunities that and then turned the guys into big plays. 20, 30 yards. Right. Turned into big plays. And that also factors into the 50 yards less per game. It, it you know, it factors into right. all of those different things. Uh, and I think that's pretty accurate too. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I mean, you just and you look at like, for example, Vince, you talk about big plays. You know, last year Notre Dame gave up 49 plays of 20 yards or more. This year they only gave up 37. You know, last year, Notre Dame, uh, if you look at number of plays 30 yards or more, Notre Dame gave up 20 uh plays of 30 yards or more last season. This year it drops down to 17. You know, so I mean you you had a defense that that gave up fewer big plays, fewer chunk yeah. plays this season as well. Uh, last year, they gave up nine plays of of 40 yards or more. This year, they gave up only seven. So last year, they gave up five plays of uh, 50 yards or more. This year was only three. You know, so you just, you, you don't have as many of those plays. And then this year, they gave up one play of 60 yards or more, none of 70, none of 80. Last year, they gave up three plays of 60 yards or more, two of 70 and one of 80. So you just you didn't have as much of that this season. Yeah. And so, yes, that that's still an area that needs to be improved. But it's not a bad. No, it's not a terrible number. And it's it's a number that, again, when you look at it in context, I think tells a, a very interesting story 
about about how good this team was, in my opinion, this season. Yeah. It was a very, very, very good defensive football team. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, be, in order to have a very good football team, a very good defensive football team, you need to have some stars, right? I mean, you need yeah. to have some breakouts. And there were definitely some breakouts this year. Uh, you know, obviously Xavier Watts ends up being a unanimous All-American. And I believe, was it you that told me that he's the first safety ever ever to be yep. a unanimous All-American at the University yep. of Notre Dame? Like that, that, that right there, that stat alone is mind-boggling to me that yep. he's the first safety ever, which is amazing. And, and they've had consensus All-Americans, including Kyle right. Hamilton in 2021, but never right. unanimous. You never Meaning first unanimous. team by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. First of all, whoever didn't put Kyle Hamilton on the first team deserves to lose their job. Well, no, he, he didn't deserve to. I mean, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll push back. <laughs> all right, on the year all that right. he was a consensus All American. First of all, he didn't even play the whole season. That's true. He did. Yeah, that's right. And number two, we complained that whole year about how he kind of wasn't as good and, and impactful as the year before after some early plays. So no, I'm, I'll, I'll push back on that one a little bit. I thought he should right. maybe been one in 2020. Fair, but no, not 2020. He didn't even play the whole season. And again, Kyle Hamilton is a tremendous talent and has become apparently a really, really good NFL player. But when you miss as many games as he did and you have the inconsistency, I mean, just the Cincinnati game alone should have kept him from being unanimous All-American that God, year. That was like. bad. Yeah. That but, was, um, that but one yes, play I'm, was so bad. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on anyway, that one. Now, Jeremiah Ustakoromoa, right? I mean, he, right. he was a unanimous he was dominant for an entire season, and that's really what it boils down to. And that's how Xavier yes. Watts is. And he was he was dominant the entire season from, from start to finish. Yes, I mean, and and you know the the big thing, and, and he wasn't the. I mean, I I thought there was just a, a a level of of raised play. I mean, Howard Cross had a breakout year. Yeah. He became a big time player this year. I thought Riley Mills had a very good year. It would seem that a lot of Notre Dame fans don't understand that. I still have people saying I just don't see with how with Riley Mills. There's somebody on the message board talking about, you know. I made the comment, I think the D-line next year could be elite, and, and there was a pushback on it, and I was surprised. And I'm like, they were elite this year, and pretty much everybody comes back. You, you know, at three at three of the four positions, like your entire depth chart comes back. Right. And, and uh, you know, it's like, and they were elite this year, in my opinion. And, and part of the reason that people don't view the D-line as elite is because there's an obsession with sacks. Well, you have a lot of sacks. I don't, I don't care. They played elite football. That that's what matters. What, what however it manifests itself, and and so when I when I look at it, Vince, you had Howard Cross breaking out as a star, second team All American by like I mean, if if there was a, such thing as a unanimous second team All American, right, it would have right. been Howard Cross. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, in the season he had, obviously Cam Hart was a, a breakout star for Notre Dame this year. Didn't get the postseason recognition for it, right. but he was a star this year. Yes, he was. And then for Xavier Watts. And all those guys kind of flashed it early. That was a big part of it, is they flashed it early. You kind of saw early in September, okay, Howard Cross is a different dude this year. Xavier Watts is who we hope he could become. Because we talked about in the offseason, like, Xavier has a chance to be a star, but he's still learning and he's got a lot to prove. He's got a chance to be that guy at safety, you know, with some guys gone, and he's going to get more chances this year than he did last year. But can he become that player? And, of course... He he did. He did. And that was yeah. a big part of it, too, is, you know, there weren't any weaknesses on this year's defense. Even Jordan Patojo, as bad as he was, wasn't a weakness. He just wasn't good enough. Right. There wasn't like that weak, weak spot. But they were just good everywhere and great at some key positions. And it was the epitome of a, team, a great team defense. You know, I watch other teams, and there's other teams that have more NFL players on their on their sure. defense but not many played as well as Notre Dame's did week after week after week against a pretty good schedule and 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 huge hats off to Al Golden look look we gave him we gave him a lot of flack last year sure. deservedly so we gave Al Washington a lot of flack last year deservedly so and those two guys, to me, for the things that they were responsible for, I thought did excellent jobs this season. Yeah. I mean, there was a level of consistency from the Notre Dame defensive line that you needed to have for this defense to thrive because they're not elite at linebacker, because they're not elite at safety opposite Xavier Watts, who's more of a space player. You're de- you can't have the defense they had this year if your defensive line isn't outstanding. 
Right. And now Washington gets a ton of credit for that, uh, for the development of that group. Despite yes. losing two starters, one of your key reserves, it was a really impressive performance we saw from the defensive line this year. And um, like I said, oh, way more disruptive overall breakout players. They're just, it was, and it, you know, it was just an overall, we knew one thing we did say before the year, we thought this defense could be pretty good. That's the argument we had. Like, let, yes, we agree that they didn't do a good job last year, but here's why we think this defense has a chance to be better this season. And they were, they were a lot better. Yeah. Well, and he, and you know, hats off to this coaching staff and the players for making that happen. Well, and I, and I thought one of the things that I really liked about Al Golden, and it ties into the defensive line piece as well, is I don't think early on he used the defensive line in a way that was going to allow them to be elite. But then he realized, I just got to let these guys play. Like, let these guys go out and make plays and let these guys go out and do. And once he did that, it was a catalyst for the rest of the defense as well. And it allowed Al Golden to do different things, you know, with the linebackers and bringing some pressures from some different places and, you know, allowed for some corner fires at, at good times and, you know, did all of those different things because he's like, you know what? I've got an elite defensive line here. I just need to let them go make plays. I don't have to manufacture pressures with this defensive line. Cause some, you know, as a defensive coordinator, sometimes that's what you've got to do because you're not getting the production from a defensive line that you need to. So you need to manufacture some certain yeah. things and, and do some different things to get them loose and allow them to go play. He's like, look, I don't need to do that. I can just let these guys go and play and then kind of do some stuff in the back to emphasize what's happening up front. And it once that took place around what was a game four or five in that neighborhood, yeah. like the defense just took another step and went to another level as a whole group. And that, Look, it takes a lot for a coordinator to realize, hey, my initial plan, it's good, but it can be better. Well, and that's what he did, in my opinion. And, and I'm curious how much of that was him adjusting his plan or his plan adjusting based on what he saw from his team. You, you know, because sure. like, like well, I, think I think that, it was that. yeah, yeah I think he saw I, what he had and he's like, yeah, yeah I can just go with this. Right. You know? Hey, yeah. I have a defense this year that's capable of taking over right. games Yes, where maybe the year before, you know, maybe they didn't have as much of that. And I, I think that's part of it as well. I'm actually looking something up here real quick. Cause I, I'm very curious about something, uh, a, a number statistic this year compared to last year that I, that I think is going to be interesting to, but don't you think to, there's some coaches out there though, that, that are like, no, this is, I'm sticking with this because I know this will work or whatever. And he saw, what he had in front of him and what they were doing and kind of altered the path a little bit. I, well, it's, you know, to me, Vince, it's, it's kind of, I, I don't know that the path was necessarily altered as much. And this is why I'm, this is why I'm actually looking this up because I, I had a feeling this was going to be the case. So if you actually look at the numbers, so according to, according to pro football focus, um, last year, in 2022, Maris Leofau blitzed 112 times. J.D. Bertrand blitzed 90, and Jack Kaiser benched or uh, blitzed 31. This year, Maris Leofau blitzed 130 times. J.D. Bertrand blitzed 108 times. Jack Kaiser blitzed 39 times, and um, Jalen Sneed blitzed 83 times. So you actually saw more what they considered pass rushes from the linebackers this season compared to last year. Now, what were the reasons for that? I mean, they still brought pressure. That, yeah. That's number one. But, you know, you, you look at the, the numbers, and this year the opponents blitzed three or passed 372 times. Last year they passed 395 times. So it's on fewer pass plays. So I think what happened this year is there was less of the all-out blitzing than we saw last year, in my opinion. I think that's part of it. I think other factors that, okay. that kind of go into this two Vince are uh, this season. You saw the, the defense. Um, I, I thought be more. Uh, I'm trying to think of the way to, to, to describe it, to make sense to you because I'm agreeing with you, but I'm pointing out how like, I just felt there was more, there was more purpose to what they did this year. Okay. So I think the blitzes looked they didn't look like they did as much because there wasn't as, as many noticeable 
they're bringing this many and it's not right. getting home. Sure. You know, and and so I think I think there was a, a level of effectiveness uh, effectiveness to this year's uh, pressure packages that wasn't that maybe wasn't there last season, and and so all those things to me factor into why it's not so much that they did something less; it just was better than it was the year before, and and so I gave you I gave you the numbers about let me find where's Marist, give me one second. So last year, for example, I talked about how um, when you look at Maris Leifau blitzed 18 more times this year than he did last year. But he had 15 more quarterback hurries this year than he did last year. Went from 11 to 26. J.D. Bertrand had 18 more pressures this year than he did last year. I mean, uh, uh, like pass Blitz, rushes. Right. But he had 16 more pressures than he did last season. This is more productive. Correct. And that's that to me is the big thing. Last year, Jack Kaiser had six total pressures on the quarterback. Uh, this year on 39 pressures, that was on 31 pressures. He had six on 31. This year on 39 pressures, he had 12. So JD and 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 Jack doubled their sat their pressure numbers. Marist over doubled it. Right. So I, I think it was it was just so much more effective this year, and that was a big part of of kind of what went into it. it and, and a big part of that was the effectiveness of the defensive line. And so when the defensive line is is more effective and getting more penetration, <clears throat> I don't think we necessarily recognize just how much they blitz the linebackers because they were kind of getting like it was just all one group of getting in pressure on the quarterback, right. And and a, a lot of the pressures they brought this year were, were kind of delayed pressures as well. They did a better job yes. with delayed blitzes. The timing was so yes. much better this year than and it was last that year. That is because of the D-line. Yeah. A yeah. delayed blitz doesn't work if the D-line's not getting penetration. Sure. Yeah. And so there was a lot more of those delayed pressures that would then get to the quarterback. Right. So just overall play of the linebackers was so much better that it masked that they actually blitz more this year than they did last year. What I felt like, and I, this is this is purely uh, gut feel, yeah. not analysis. It felt like they did more of the less of the all out blitzing this year. Yeah, yeah, right. Than than last year. Agreed. Which, Agreed. You know, again, I could be wrong on that, but that's just a gut feeling that I had about this defense. So there was a lot of things that we saw that were different this year, Vince. Sure. But it was it was. But Al Golden didn't go away from who he was. Right. I think he he realized we have a much more effective defensive line. Let's turn them loose. Yes. And let's let them That's go. That's for sure. I yeah. The you know, you talk about the all out blitzes and things like that. I felt like at times last year he was blitzing because he was trying to make something happen. You, you said it earlier, manufacture. Yeah. Yes. He was, they had to manufacture pass rush. Agreed. Correct. Because they weren't getting it. They weren't getting it. And now this year they were blitzing and it was a, it was in a timely fashion right. like hey we're going to heat this kid up because i know we can right. you know it's not like oh crap we're not getting any pressure on him we need to send somebody like it was a it's a yeah. it was a different feeling yeah they were blitzing cuz they wanted to not cuz they had to yeah exactly. i've said this a million times yeah. which is why it was more when you blitz cuz you want to not because you have to you're going to be more effective yes 100%. and that's what happened and i also thought they did a much better job this year al golden max bullet deserve a lot of credit for this as well as coaches I thought the run stunts that turned into pass rushes was way more effective this year. So basically, the way you coach a linebacker is if he's run stunting, hey, we're eating gaps, but it's a pass, you've got to keep working through to get to the quarterback. They were much better about that. I thought they there were times it wasn't quite as good uh, as other times, but they just they they did a better job, in my opinion, of not making themselves so blockable yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah, they were much better at taking angles to get by. Their block destruction technique was much better, you know. And 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 we'll we'll get into this a little bit more in the what went right category. But just just overall, Vince, this was such a better coach football team right. this season than it was last year. But it wasn't Al Golden going away from who he is or what he believes. It just was they were so much better at it, which is something we should we should have expected in year two. But even with that expectation. The jump they made was even better than right. I thought it was going to be. Yes. To be honest with you. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. Can, can I say one more storyline this year? 
that was a big difference? Do it. Outside of the Ohio State game. This team was much better at getting the stops late in games they could not get last year. There were so many late drives last year that were yeah. so frustrating. Yeah. So I mean, you, frustrating. you folded in the second half against Ohio State. You gave up the late drives against Marshall. You let North Carolina get back in the game. You let BYU get back in the game. Yeah. You let Stanford get a late scoring drive after you took a fourth quarter lead. You know, you did that against USC. You, they kept responding in the second half. There were so many times Sarah, they, they struggled to put Syracuse away in the second half. They were a such a better team this year in regard to making those money stops. Yeah. I mean, I think of the Duke game, like Duke took that lead 14 to 13 in the fourth quarter, but I believe Duke had two drives after that, that Ohio, that Notre Dame stopped them, including the last stop. Like if they don't make that last stop, Notre Dame, Duke had a chance to not get the ball, give the ball back. Right. Notre Dame had to come up with a key third down stop for the offense to even get the ball back. And they did that. I mean, you know, the Clemson game didn't turn out how you hoped, but the Notre Dame offense had the ball six times in the second half with a chance to tie the football game. And the only reason it was even close enough to tie is because of the, the pick from Xavier Watts that set up the offensive touchdown. Right. But your offense, your defense had to make all those stops to give your offense a chance to make those plays. You know, and, and obviously the Louisville game didn't work out the way you want, but that to me was more the offense just putting the defense in terrible spots with going forward on fourth and long from your yeah. own, you know, 30 or whatever. Um, you know, those those type of things were were disappointing. But but overall this year, I thought they did a much better job of getting the money stops that they needed to get to allow the offense to really put teams away the way that they did that we talked about the other day. I mean, you know, NC State, that's a 24-17 game just like that changes, not because the offense was playing, you know, like world beaters. It's because the defense gave them three positions on short fields from turnovers. You know, and so because uh, you had you had DJ Brown made an interception, and and it gave them a short field that 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 um, I'm just gonna try to refresh my memory on this one, Vince. So just give me a second. Nope, so fourth quarter, Notre Dame scores 24 points in the fourth quarter. Those those drives came on a 33 yard touchdown drive, a 16 yard touchdown drive in the in in the within five minutes of the fourth quarter. So going into the fourth quarter, NC State had just scored to make it 24 to 17. Notre Dame offensively gives the ball back after that. They fumbled on the next drive and gave NC State a short field. The defense forced a punt or a missed field goal. The offense went three and out and punted. The defense gets the ball back and they have an interception. That was the one by DJ Brown, uh, I believe. Uh, you know, that was the one by Xavier Watts that sets it up. They go up 31, 17, very next drive. DJ Brown gets the interception that gives them a much shorter field, 16 yard drive. Just like that. It's 38, 17, not because the offense was playing great. They had fumbled. They had gone three and out with right. it being a seven point game. The defense stepped up in the fourth quarter, unlike last year and made those money plays. And next thing you know, a 24-17 game to start the fourth quarter is 45-17 to like that because the defense kept giving you the ball back on short fields. It was plays like that, Vince, yeah. that, that really were the difference between – the biggest difference for me as far as how the impact – all those other statistics are great. Those things are all fine, and it's fun to look at statistics. But it's about – do you, do you make plays in money situations? Right. That can you, – you can be not good in, in money situations and still put up really good numbers. I sure. care more about the guys that put up – make the money plays. And this defense this year made money plays. The defense, how many times they gave the offense short fields against USC to help – I mean, the 24-6 blowout lead, blowout lead at halftime against USC was because the defense kept giving the offense short fields because of forcing turnovers. Right. They made so many more money plays this season. And it was D-line, linebacker, DB. It was across the board. That was probably the most impressive thing to me about the defense this year. But wasn't that the most disappointing thing about last year's defense? Yeah. Because they did have good numbers, but their their performance in the red zone and their performance late in games made them not an elite defense. I mean, just, just based on that alone, because of the lack of money plays, right? And they were able to do so much better in that category. It's not perfect yet. It's it's not perfect yet. They're, they They still need... To make some more money plays, it's in some more 
you know, the Ohio State game, whatever. Okay, yes, they do still need to do that. But they stepped up big time in that category. And that was a big weakness for them last year. That was. That was a glaring weakness for them. Again, they were they were borderline elite between the 20s. But sure. then when it came to inside the red zone and then final fourth, drives. Fourth quarter. Was, yeah. That was, that was tough. Yep. That was really, really tough. So yep. uh, big strides in that regard this year. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. All right. That's our overview of the defense. Hang tight because we've got more coming. But in the meantime, make sure you hit that like button, the subscribe button, the notification bell. Share with your family and friends. And jump on the boards, boards.irishbreakdown.com. All kinds of good stuff over there as well. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.